Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Back Lounge Podcast. And what an episode we have today, man. I was super excited about this one. Not going to lie, a little nervous going in, but I don't know why I ever get nervous because they always turn out fine. But uh, before I get into any of that, for anybody that's listening that may be new, not know who I am or anything like that, my name's Tank. I am a touring guitar tech with over 15 years of experience in the touring music industry. And on this podcast, we invite on artists, band members, other roadies, and at this point, really just anybody else. And we talk about whatever we want. This is very conversational. My whole goal here was to have a podcast that doesn't ask the same stereotypical questions that you're going to get on any other interview and podcast. I come into these with nothing. I have nothing written out, just the information that's in my head. And we just sit down and talk and it's super fun. And for today's episode, episode 21, our special guest is In Flames vocalist Anders Fredian. Now, if you would have told 16-year-old me that I was eventually going to have a podcast someday and have Anders on here, I would have lost my mind. Or not, because at 16 years old, I probably wouldn't know what a podcast was. But you guys get what I'm saying. In Flames is one of my favorite bands of all times. They're the only band whose logo I have tattooed on me. Their music was a huge, huge part of my growth in my teenage years and in my 20s. And still one of my favorite bands to this day. And the fact that I got to sit down with Anders and talk to him for a little bit about the new album and the history of the band and a lot of other stuff just... Super cool, man. And uh, yeah, I'm still even we've already filmed the, the the interview part. Like I'm recording these intros and outros afterwards, and I'm still like super excited about doing this. We just got done. But uh, I assume most people that are listening to this are familiar with In Flames. But I do know that there's some people that do like to listen to these podcasts and probably don't know everything about the artist. So if you're not familiar in Flames was formed in 1990, one of the most important, prominent bands of the Swedish mellow death scene, the Gothenburg scene, uh, originators of what is now known as the Gothenburg Sound. They are a very important band. Uh, the new album that they're getting ready to release, actually, if you're listening to this podcast the day it releases, that album is coming out today. But if you're listening to this later, just know the album's already out. It's their 14th studio album. It's called Foregone. It's being released on Nuclear Blast Records. And this is the first album featuring the brand new solidified lineup that includes ex-Megadeth guitarist Chris Broderick as well. So very excited to hear this entire album. And we've already gotten four or five music videos already from this specific album. And people are going nuts over it, man. Like there's a lot of people that are saying like, this sounds like the old in flames. And as I've said many times, when people say this sounds like the old whoever, that's very kind of dependent on when you discovered a band. Because me personally, I discovered the, this band in the 90s, but I have friends that discovered them in the late 2000s. And it might be a little different sound, but make no mistake, their entire discography is awesome and super important. So, um, and it's one thing I even talked about with Anders is like, you know, Everybody's saying they went back to their roots and stuff. We had a great conversation, man. We had a fantastic conversation about the history of the band, how they go about recording their albums and what goes into it, developing his vocals. I mean, he even told me that 
you know, th over 30 years in their career, he's taking vocal lessons now for their new albums and stuff. It's very, very interesting. There's a lot of information here that I didn't know that I was always curious about. So all that being said, this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple music, and pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So if you're watching on YouTube, there will be links below where you can check out the audio versions and a lot of other helpful, helpful information. But if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Google or any of the other outlets um, and you want to see us, you can go to youtube.com slash tank the tech. We do have video versions of this um, as well as all of those links in the description. But let's not waste any more time, man. Everybody wants to get to this. Let's get to it. So, uh, yeah. Well, here we go. Episode 21 of the Back Lounge podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest that I'm excited for. In Flames vocalist, Anders Fredian. How are you doing, man? That was flawless. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. It's a cold and snow in Sweden, but uh, it's nice to be inside and talk about music. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cold here, too. It's about negative five Celsius right now, and we got an ice, an ice storm overnight. <laughs> Where are you at? Where uh, are you Na at? Nashville. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh. So this is this is weird for here. Like we usually yeah. don't get this. Yeah, I love being in Nashville and play. Yeah, so. it's a it's a good city, man. I've I've lived here for about uh, twelve years. In fact, funny funny story. My first roommate that I ever had in Nashville was your old drummer Joe. No way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's funny. Right, right. Yeah. You guys keep or not not really um no reason just i i used to i used to actually drum tech for him when he was in red all right yeah yeah cool yeah. and it's actually kind of a a funny full circle thing because um in flames has been one of my favorite bands since i was a teenager and um i think i don't even know if joe knew who you guys were until he met me because all i listened to when i worked for them was like in flames records when I was working on drums and basses and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I eventually went my separate ways and started working for other bands. And then I remember a few years later, he's like, dude, you're not going to believe who I'm drumming for. And when he told me that, yeah. I was like, that is so yeah, full yeah. circle and wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy story how he came in the van as well. Cause he was assistant to, uh, to Howard Benson and he was working in the studio and then he was helping us out and program drums and stuff like that because that's how we write music we start with the drums like program drums so we can move shit around and then we actually record the final like the the, the drums that would end up the album we do that last which is kind of uh, backwards in a way but it's, it's a way for us so we can constantly change there's so much stuff going on when I'm you know in the end I'm doing vocals and we might have to rearrange stuff or adapt things or uh, yeah we keep it open up until you know yeah, the final mix so to speak um so he was in the studio and we didn't have a drummer and he was like dude you're like around us all the time and he was an amazing guy or he's still an amazing guy yeah um, do you want to like join us and, and it was like going to uh, you know you go to your father-in-law and ask for permission you ha we, we had to go to howard to ask for <laughs> hand in a way like yeah can we, can we steal the boy <laughs> you know? yeah and he's like, yeah, you're all right. You can go. So that was fun. And then, and now, you know, we still friends and he mixed this album. So it's, uh, I, I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw that when I was looking at credits and stuff, that's wild, man. And yeah. 
you know, he's he's one of those guys that, you know, when I knew him, I, I always immediately like recognized the, the talent that he had and the knowledge in music. Yeah. And, but I'm not going to lie when he w- when he announced like that he was your drummer, I was like, this will be interesting because I've never personally seen Joe drum like this. Like he's yeah. a great rock and metal drummer, but with Red. He's not doing constant double bass and blast beats at times and stuff like that. No. So it was really cool to see. Yeah, no, no I mean it's, that's a different, definitely a different vibe. But no, he he do it and 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 now having him, you know, in the family still is amazing. And it's been through the the whole mix process. It's been so easy. Just me and him talk on the phone and can we change this? Can we do this? It's it's not like when you work with some, you know, more famous names, so to speak. I I. I I hope Joe will become one of those famous names, you yeah. know, because well, he's he he deserves it. But you get like one or two revisions, and that's it. And like, you know, you better be right on the first or the second, and otherwise, that's what you have to stuck stay with. And and with him, we could just go up until the end, basically, and change minor things back and forth. And it's been and he's very open and and he's listening to what we want and where we want to go, and he also understands our music since he's been part of it. Yeah. And I mean, we've heard, you know, I think five singles at this point from the record and they sound fantastic, man. Like, Thanks. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and on top of, you know, Joe mixing, I saw too, you know, Ted Jensen mastering everything. I mean, the guy is a legend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Nashville, we, yeah. we actually went, went to his studio when we were in Nashville and, and we were there while he was uh, doing some of the, we're listening to some of the mastering stuff and it's just like, those speakers and that system that's insane i mean normal people don't get to listen to music that way but it was just it was an amazing experience and 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 his precision and and you know like it's surgical uh what he does uh and and how he go into your music but it's just fantastic so it's cool it's um we're surrounded by very talented people and i feel it's very relaxed around them you know yeah and and in good hands so we can focus on what we want to do and and focus on writing the songs and trying to be as good as we can on the day of the recording so yeah so you know we got to throw a shameless plug in here um the day this podcast is going to come out we're recording a little early now but um the brand new album foregone is coming out when this podcast releases and you know what blows my mind is i think officially on paper this is like the 14th studio album but if you want to count eps and other things you have way more releases but um this is the fourth decade fourth different decade you guys are releasing music and that is crazy you don't get that kind of longevity from bands but this this album in the last couple you've worked with Howard Benson, who we've already talked about. Yeah. Um, how has that process d- differed working with somebody like that compared to, I know in the past you worked with uh, Daniel from reroute on and then Frederick before that. Yeah. Um, how, how has working with, with Howard in the studio? Cause I imagine you guys are coming over to this, to the States to work with him on that. Right. Yeah. Sure. So we've been going to the States for the last three albums uh, mm-hmm. or a, to be more specific, because that's where he, he, him and his team, where they situated. Um, no, it's it's awesome. I mean, at, at, at first it was a little bit, I would, not scary, but you know, like you had, there's a name attached to Howard Benson and then mm-hmm. other uh, bands and you, you kind of, you look up to his whole resume, you know? So I, I think 
um you came in with maybe a little too much respect if you understand what i'm trying to say not like like now we know each other really well mm-hmm. and uh we understand there's no barriers because you have that much respect for someone you actually uh i think we use each other's talents and values in, in a much better way um and it i feel it took like three albums to get where we want to be yeah uh, and um yeah so so no i mean he's he's awesome after after working with daniel for such a long time especially me with the vocals because it's it's a very personal thing and um i have to i, I mean i trust the other person or i have to trust the other person 100 100% so with daniel it was like i, I i'm never going to work with anyone again uh, else you know so almost like i wanted to bring him to to uh to the states when we did battles to to uh, use him when i was recorded but at the same time i was like nah i mean we we're working with howard for a reason and we need to use his expertise so sh- we shouldn't stay in our past in that way uh, yeah. and so so i tried and I, i let go on my on my uh my uh, my guards <laughs> or like uh, uh you know the, the 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 wall you've been build around yourself right and and i the rewards have been amazing like like the, the what i've learned and and the uh what i get from this is more than i can imagine and he gave me so much um uh trust in what i do and he also made me like go to vocal coach which is also a little bit like you know it's tough at points i i'm not you know i i to be in front of someone after so many years and say okay, i'm going to do scales up and down and really really strip myself of, of all the, 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 the toughness or whatever you want to call it right yeah. so and, and it was just like no i i just i just have to try this and it's i, I definitely reap, reap the benefits from it so now i feel way more secure and that is something it's you know thanks to howard and all of them have have given us you know yeah. and he had a amazing um um way of looking at a production from an because um, he, he he's not he's not like we talked about ted before like being super surgical i mean howard Moore looks like he look at everything and it's the right vibe and the right hook and the right the feel of the whole album more than this guitar has to be this way or or you know every hi-hat has to sound in a certain way right stuff like that it's more about the person inside and the feel and the vibe when you record yeah. and i think that's the right way to go i mean you can you can correct everything into absurdum like like you be and, and talk about well, it has to be perfect everything has to be uh all the harmonies everything has to be like flawless but it's actually the small like dissonance and the small faults within that makes our ear it makes the music feel more pleasant mm-hmm. uh, when everything is like perfect perfect you get tired pretty quick you know yeah and and some some of the things you're touching on right now are, are noticeable like with the new singles that have been coming out one of the constant things i keep seeing from comments on youtube and other people like even even people mostly that have been listening to you guys for years is um like i said i mean this is you guys have been going at it for over 30 years and i've seen people saying like this is this is some of the best we've ever heard Anders sound vocally. I mean, the chorus on the last single Meet Your Maker, that yeah. was what stood out immediately to me. I was like, these vocals and these harmonies and everything on here 
are yeah. like top tier. So like hearing you talk about, you know, stripping it down and going to a vocal coach and focusing on the feel of that that's really cool because it's, it's very noticeable. Yeah. And I'm not trying, I mean, the good thing, I, I'm not trying to become like, to me, it's not a competition. So I'm not trying to be the best vocalist yeah. in the world. Uh, but I want to understand what I can, my limits, where I can go. And, and yeah. I want to be, when Howard tells me like, dude, you got to try to aim for this. I don't say immediately say no. I actually go for it. I try it. And, you know, because you can limit yourself in your, if in your head, there's so much, when you're vocalist, especially, there's so much how you feel the day of recording, how you feel inside and what you think about and your mental stability that, can either hold you back or push you forward to to new things or whatever so um it's 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 definitely been a journey and and in the past i didn't take care of my voice at all and now i have like a, a tape i have it on my phone but let's call it a tape because that tells my age yeah. um <laughs> but uh, uh you know i i i start to an hour before every show i go into room or when I, wherever i have space and and start singing, you know, like, and, and doing this, I have a routine that I do every, every show, every day. Mm -hmm. That really makes me be better. The first song, it doesn't take me five songs to get into it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're sick and sometimes you feel it's horrible. N nothing helps. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, but for the most part, it's, I'm, I'm ready to go and it makes my, because we don't practice the screamy parts, right? We just we do normal singing and and whatever. But it's a lot about breathing and talking and and feeling right. It, but all that have helped me to be. I feel I have better control about the screams too. And I'm I feel even though they are screaming parts, they are pretty clear. You know, like you can. I want you to understand what I'm trying to say, uh, even though I am having a harsh voice in in that sense so so i i think everything all my whole range have become better yeah you know? that's i mean that's that's one of the things i've always liked about uh your vocal style is uh how articulate you can be i mean even even on some of the older albums i mean they're like i don't need lyric sheets half the time when i listen to inflame stuff because uh, yeah 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 it comes across good um yeah. Now, what you're with when talking about like vibe and stuff and real quick before I get into this, one thing I did want to say when you were talking about that, you brought up like health and stuff is like, I feel like vocalists are are scrutinized more than anybody in the band and nobody ever gives like, what am I trying to say here? Nobody ever takes into consideration that people can have off days. And vocalists especially, I mean, if you're feeling a little under the weather or, you know, your your throat hurts or you're scratchy or something, I mean, that that can that can change a performance. And I, I feel like sometimes it's like people don't remember that because I've seen so many people say, oh, I went and saw this band and they were bad. I'm like, dude, maybe their singer was sick. I mean, that yeah. happens. They're humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I usually pick like once a tour, like especially – when I'm in the States with the air conditioning, you go in like from warm to cold, warm to cold all the time. And, and, uh, that it really sucks. I mean, the day you have to perform, I'm, I, I hate it, you know, cause I know I will be judged, uh, and, and you can't help it, but you try to do your best. But again, you have to, you can't, it doesn't like, all you can do is try and try to be as good as possible and give value for the money. And if someone mm -hmm. say, oh, he sucks in whatever way, like, yeah, you know what, so be it. 
yeah. it is what it is what it is but i mean like you just said i i can't go to a i don't have a guitar tech <laughs> or like a vocal tech that can <laughs> tune me yeah <laughs> and, and and i mean i don't use that's the thing i i don't use like a um uh, prompter for my lyrics right mm -hmm. i don't use that because i don't want that to become a crutch where i think that's very easy you start looking at that and be like oh 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 so sometimes you fucking forget lyrics yep. right that's I, I have so many lyrics in my head it's just like impossible right yeah. and sometimes you sing out of key and sometimes you scream a little bit wrong i mean i think that's we have to look at album and live in two different ways right yeah and again i don't mind seeing the whatever when i go to see that i don't mind seeing them as people and not robots yeah it doesn't have to be perfect as long as the vibe is there and the energy is there and obviously i you don't want them or i should not be fucking up all the time but you know like if it happens once in a while it's fucking so be it you know yeah i mean the uh, pre-pandemic and me having a kid and stuff, I, I worked for a, a country artist here in Nashville for like the last yeah. five years. And uh, that dude, at like once a show somewhere, would just forget lyrics. And it, it could be anything. It could be he was looking in the crowd and like interacting with somebody and having fun or something like that. And it just, it happens. It slips your mind. And I always thought it was funny because when that would happen, he would just, he wouldn't even try and hide it. He would straight up on the mic just be like, well, forgot the damn words. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and people I kind think of it's funny. the same thing. I mean, yeah. too, it's like songs like Only for the Week, whatever that we played, like forever and ever, in, like since the day of the release, basically every show. Yeah. Yeah. I fuck up the verses. I do yeah. this here. Just whatever. I mean, it doesn't change the overall song, you know, yeah. but, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's human. <laughs> yeah. And those, and in yeah. those live settings, man. Those make for good, interesting moments, I think, because then people have a story. And if a funny moment happens, they're like, oh, I was there when this happened. And, you know, yeah. it's, all, it's all part of that live experience that you were talking yeah. about. It's like, you yeah, can't yeah, be yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. If you do it night after night after night and then maybe you should go check yourself a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> if it's like here and there, then whatever. Yeah, know? yeah. So when you were talking about um, vibe and like recording and stuff like that, one of the things that you that really I, I wanted to talk about was um, the the lineup that we have with the band right now. Um, yep. And as I said, I've been listening to the band forever and I've, I've seen different lineup changes and stuff. But right now, to me, you guys seem like fully rejuvenated in terms of like this lineup right now just clicks. And mm -hmm. like, do, do you guys feel like that? Especially you and Bjorn that have been there for forever. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, we know each other really well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't want to, you know, don't, no shadows on anyone, but yeah, of course, I think, uh, we we never sounded better what we do right now, and mm -hmm. you know, you you're. I don't think you have that like. When you start out, you have the intention of doing this till the end, and then everybody's happy, and we, you know, we end together, we ups and downs together, whatever. But life comes in between, and whatever. And every time someone new comes in, you learn something about yourself, about them, and about the. It, it usually happens to it be better, you know. Like, mm -hmm. And and uh, we expect people to um, to know what they're doing, and it's uh, it's more on a personal level you have to click because yes. We spend so much time in a tour bus, on an airplane, and airport, wherever, right? So, and and right, we are. It's a good vibe, and people want to be there. 
and they are extremely talented and uh, it gives me ease and gives Björn's ease too to do what we do and focus on what we're good at and what we're supposed to do so even though Björn and I write and arrange and do all these things the other guys are extremely important I mean this album would not sound the same if it wasn't for them and they have excellent their their parts and they've done excellent job but even outside too you know like we bring whatever happens on tour and go around the band we brings that we bring that into the recording as well so they have to be credited for for a lot of things and uh, yeah so the overall overall why vibe within the the band is very good yeah that's i mean you know and and i didn't I definitely didn't mean to seem like, you know, uh, that, you know, the oldest person is better than that person or anything. Cause no, but it's, uh, it's impossible to deny our history. I mean, it is what it is. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. And it's, oh. you know, and, and I think everybody knows that. I mean, when we look back at the history of in flames as, as fans, like looking at the band, I think that core lineup that a lot of us remember that we grew up with was you, Bjorn, Jesper, Peter, Daniel. Yeah. But, sure. to, but, yep. but to me, this lineup right now is going to be, like knock on wood, nothing happening. I think we're going to look back at this lineup and like, this is going to be that in flames 2.0 core lineup that everybody remembers because it's just, it was the one thing that I watching the new music videos. I was like, this seems like a, like a band that is just connecting and firing all cylinders and just on fire right now. And you know, with the new members, I mean, I got to know, because I've never seen anything about this. Obviously, Broderick coming into the band, we know the connection there because he was in Megadeth and stuff. But Tanner and Bryce, for me, kind of came out of nowhere. Now, I'm a little familiar with Tanner. I actually did shows with him years and years ago when I was in a band and he was in other bands. And I know that he was a drum tech at uh, a certain point. But uh, Bryce, I know almost nothing about. I'm really curious. How how did you guys find Tanner and Bryce and how did they make their way into the band? Yeah, so so um, t- uh, Bryce is uh, via Joe because he knew Bryce from Nashville and the scene and all that stuff, right? So And he lived, he's a Californian boy, but he lived in Nashville for quite mm-hmm. some time. So he did the country circuit and he played uh, like in a lot of bands but i mean he's a hardcore kid but never played in a metal band like ours so when peter left um joe immediately recommended uh bryce and he came in and it it fit really well um and it's such a stability too and him and joe were an excellent uh, you know rhythm section just like daniel and peter were um and when joe um said he couldn't do it anymore because he uh, had a lot of pains in his back and it was yep. just uh, so hard I mean, uh, on him touring. It was like, oh, not again. You know, like I was super bummed out. But we uh, on tour with, in Europe, we did a tour with Five Finger and uh, of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. And their guitar, of Mice and Men guitar tech was Tanner. So we knew oh. of this this funny dude uh, coming into our dressing room, hanging out and, and just bringing very good vibes, right? And uh, so we knew of him. And when people, our management and Joe uh, said like, Tanner, actually, he's a very, very good drummer. He played in these these bands and we we're like, oh, wow, shit. So he 
we asked him to send in some videos and play some of the songs from um, I can't remember exactly. Take Mayos, maybe take this life and, and some other songs. Um, and it was awesome. But we mm -hmm. had this festival um, in in Sweden where we played two nights, our own festival, right? Yes. And so he had to learn like I don't know, it was, it was like forty songs in a very short amount of time. So when he did that, we were like, "Oh, this guy is—he's a keeper. He's amazing." So yeah. he he came in—he came in that way, and he has just been a—he's—he's he's just been such a um, extra push for us and for this. I mean, this album would not sound the same without him. You know, like it's—it's yeah. the—you—I mean, listen to all elements, of course, but like his drumming is exceptional, and he's—he's uh, a. He's a racehorse. We have to hold him back once in a while, like too, like because he <laughs> over the place, which is which is which is good. And you know, I know we are about to release this new one, or we are releasing this new one. But if we can keep this lineup right now, and what we can do on the next album with Chris and Bryce and Tanner, and you know, it it will be fucking glorious. Yeah, it's it's exciting, dude. Like again, even as somebody that's a fan, just watching this. It's super exciting because, you know, I, I think even you guys are probably aware you hear fans talk. It's like, you know, I, I think it was around the time Reroute came out. There was some people that were just like, I don't like this sound. This isn't the Inflames that I, you know, was growing up with. And the crazy thing to me is like, don't get me wrong. I love the old Inflames stuff. But dude, Reroute and then Soundtrack for those two albums to me are some of my favorites. And <laughs> So like it, it's it's just wild to watch the evolution of your band over the years and what you guys are doing now. And, you know, one of the other interesting things, too, is like, you know, you guys have been at it for over 30 years. And in my memory, in a time on social media where everybody's getting called out for everything and there's always drama with bands, I can't ever remember anything ever coming up with you guys ever. Like there's been no crazy accusations or anything. You guys seem like very just quiet people like you know is do you guys value a lot of your privacy even though you are up front in like the metal industry yeah i think that i mean yeah 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 we do i think there's there's one side that is private and then where i mean i i love being someone on stage saying all kinds of stuff you know but out of stage i don't want to be you know that's kind of two different people but yeah. <laughs> housed in the same body um <laughs> uh, but I mean, and also going back to what you said about the albums, I think people find us in different times. And, you know, if you your your first album is just erased, everything else has to will be compared to that album. Mm -hmm. If ever, if soundtracks your first one, then, you know, that's the album you compare everything else to. And, and yeah. we have um, we have a history and it's it's awesome. I, 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 I think it's fine, you know, and and and. and uh, I love that we have. A, I mean, we have a sound that's ours. Yeah, uh, right? I, I think people. Okay, this is in flames. Whether they like it or not, or agree with it or not, they know it's in flames, and that's mm -hmm. something I'm, I'm I'm really proud of, you know. And 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 it's it's always been there we, through all different, you know, lineup changes and different albums and times and whatever. Our intention is always always the same in a way, um, but. Um, um, every time we release something, it, it, people talk about it, and that's very cool. And they might be skeptic at first; some might be skeptic, but yeah. give it ten years, and it's their favorite album. You know, like I said, yeah. it's always 
that line where we've been, where we all the inflames are at the worst right now, and it, it's always moving forward with it, every album. Um, and, and you know, it's it's cool. I, I, I music is to me, it, it's so m- many emotions, and it's so attached to you, what you feel and your personal that you can't say someone is right or wrong, and mm-hmm. it's. I, I own the music to a certain inten- uh, extent, but when I release the album, it's not mine anymore. That's why I feel almost relieved now to release this album because it's been with me for a year, right? I had it in my back pocket for a year almost. Yeah. And now now it doesn't belong to me. It's like, you know, almost like, yeah. And now I can focus on something else. Right? <laughs> that's that's such a good way of putting it, man. Like it, they do, it like belongs to the people now. That's That's yeah. wild. I don't own it anymore. Yeah. You know, and I love I love the point you made about music being so emotional because that's something I talk about a lot because my one of my favorite things about music is especially when you're growing up and you're like a teenager or a young adult, a lot of the music that you listen to in those times, you attach your emotional feelings in that time period to albums. So yeah. a, a great example of that is actually uh, Come Clarity for me. I love that album, but it is impossible for me to listen to that album without it taking me right back to like 2000, what, five or six or whatever. Cause that period in my life, I was kind of in a down spot. I was going through a hard time. And if I hear those songs, it, it really makes me feel those emotions of that, that age and that time period again. And it's whether they're good or bad, that is such a magical thing to me with music where it's like, wow, man, like I haven't thought about this or felt this in years, but this brings me back, you know, 17 years ago to where I was, was back then. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I hear you. I I am the same with the stuff. I, I, you know, my, my heroes are my favorite albums from, from back, you know, like it's in, yeah. Is it, you travel in time, you know, and then so attached to that period in your life, um, that is some, sometimes difficult to listen to it. Um, but, um, and that's how it is again with us. What and people can tell me, you know, I don't like your music or whatever, and that's totally fine. I'm, I, I, I'm, but when they, when a fan attacked another fan and saying they're wrong, yeah, that makes me, you know, that's not cool. That's not right. That's it makes that's, it's you know, who are you to say this is better or worse or yeah. whatever? It's because it's so personal, right? And then and again, you're you're not better because you like the era of inflames and also i've been here because i've been doing i mean i am doing a bunch of interviews now for for this album and i keep hearing this like oh this is back to the roots or whatever and it's like i don't <laughs> understand what that means yeah either the roots are lunar strain you know like yeah. that's the roots and this doesn't sound like lunar strain but it has the vibe it has to yeah. feel the tensions of of melodic metal or whatever it is but for someone it might be you know, come clarity might be the root or the old in flames. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm, I don't know how to approach this when someone say, do you feel the same way? They ask me, I'll be like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't use the history as a crutch. I bring it with me. You know, yeah. I don't want to, and we are so afraid like of, of new things, the future. We always lean back to the, the good old days, Yeah. but I don't think they're golden. I think right now where we live right now in this very moment, yeah, that's what I want to have my good days, you know, nostalgia is such a powerful thing for for better or worse. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's I agree with you, man. It's like I um, 
I've adopted this thing in my, in, in my life lately where it's like, I don't worry about tomorrow or yesterday. Like no. it's, it, it's today. And the, to your point though, I, I do want to, I've, I've talked about this too, because it is fascinating to me though, that everybody, everybody with this new stuff coming out is like, it sounds like old flames. Everybody keeps saying that. And what I have realized is kind of what you just said is like, mm, that's all, that's all uh, dependent on what, what inflames is to you when you discovered them. Because what I'm enjoying seeing, especially with like YouTube reactors and stuff is like a generation of younger metalheads that discovered you guys at a way later age. So like you said, for me, that early in flames era is the late nineties, early two thousands. That's when I discovered it. Yeah. But I was talking to uh, Nick Nocturnal recently, another YouTuber, guitar player. Um, and he's like, when he said old in flames, I, I finally was like, well, what does that mean to you? When you're saying yeah. this sounds like old in flames, what does that mean to you? And he's like, well, I mean, I didn't discover in flames until come clarity. And I was like, there you go. That's it, it's yeah. all dependent on where you discovered a certain band to what the roots are to you. And to me, I just. God, I mean, the new music is just such a modern sound to the entire era of In Flames. I mean, there's, I mean, you know... It's, it's amazing if we can... I mean, if you haven't been listening to us for some time and you kind of rediscover the band and maybe then you will go back to the albums that you skipped, you know, mm -hmm. in a way, and find something. I mean, again, it's not... I mean, it's just a recommendation. You might, you might find something <laughs> that's good that will bring you joy. I, I, I don't really... Yeah. It, it, it's all up to up to you, you know, but it like you said, it's the 14th album and, and someone, you know, we. we yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's it's a, yeah. it's a never ending discussion that can go on and on and on. And it's something it's um, yeah, I, I, I find it interesting. It's like on, on, on a psychological level, I find it really interesting. But to break it down to the music and our intentions, it's just I don't know. It's just like we don't we don't think about like going into an album it's definitely a reaction to the past because yeah that's the way it is but we don't have that mindset the only thing that we thought about this album that's like okay let's focus on the production a little bit more let's uh, you know we need to bring the guitars a little bit more in the front we need to add a little bit more punch to the drums stuff like that and thanks to joe we it happened you know like yeah. we could talk and we had that with us all the time i think some of the albums been um been a little bit laid back you know like like because uh, uh, here's another thing i've said several times now when i talk to people if we record all our albums just an experiment all our albums all the 14th of them with the same equipment same people same producers we were feeling exactly the same as we did on the first song to the last song right exactly the same. all everything was exactly the same. i think they would sound way more similar than they do now when there are years in between and we feel different, different people, different instruments, different mm -hmm. intentions, whatever. So, but I like the fact that it is different, that it's like photographs who we were at that point in our lives. You know? yeah. it, tells us, it tells a story. To me, it's a, I don't want to have, I don't want to eat the same food. I, 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 need, I, I don't want to, I, I like meeting new people. I like finding new things. I'm so happy that I can travel the world and see different situations that people are in and, and, and different cultures and, and whatever, you know, like it, it brings me something. Yeah. 
And it's it's not just you guys too. Like I, I I dude, Metallica just dropped their new song, and you see the same fighting with all those people. They're like, you know, yeah, they don't sound like they used to. I'm like, well, of course they don't. It's been 40 years, and then other people think they do. And then you know, Slipknot too. Every time Slipknot releases a new record, all the old school fans are like, when are they going to do an album like Iowa again? And I'm like, dude, you got to realize that was 23 years ago. At a point in their lives where they were probably, you know, they were they were different people. They were angry, clearly, and like times have hey, changed. Hey. They're family guys now. They've gone through life. It's not the same vibe that you're going to get. They're completely different people. Yeah. Now, you can't recreate what happened then. I mean, our Just Race was recorded in 11 or 12 days, mixed. Really? Recorded and mixed. I think I did my vocals in a day. You know, like it's it's such a crazy i mean it's, it's like so far removed from how we do it these days but it's mm -hmm. an amazing naivety and, and 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 just like that approach to things and something good came out of that yeah but that we can't do that we can't do a just race part two and try to be who we were in 95 96 that would just be if something is not true that is not true if yeah. we did that whatever yeah. people want to or not i i i have a something dif uh, yeah i find, find it difficult to re-attack the word true or not true but anyway um it's uh so so it's just like i don't know again you want to hold on to something that you know right you, yeah. you it's so familiar you know like you want to like yeah yeah the I, first I, drink, I get it cigarette the first whatever it might be the first time you have you know all that first it's difficult to compete with yeah. Yeah, no, I get it, man. And it's, you know, a lot of a lot of the music that I grew up with when I was a teenager that I was discovering at the time was a lot of well, growing up in the US, it was interesting because a lot at the time we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have the internet and the spread of everything. So we, you know, in the American market, everything is saturated with American bands. So a lot yeah. of the ways we discovered things when we were younger was from like one of our friends, like older metalhead brothers that had a CD or something like that's how I discovered in flames originally. And it wasn't just in flames. It was at the gates, dark tranquility, soil work all at the same time. So yeah. the Gothenburg scene, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, my best friend's older brother is just this this metalhead that had all these, you know, albums that he would order from overseas. And, uh, um you know, that, that Gothenburg scene for me is, is very special in my, in my upbringing. But right now in Sweden, there's a lot of new bands coming out, man. And one of the things that made me happy was that you guys are, are, are featuring those bands. You know, one of your last tours was, you know, you guys and at the gates, I mean, absolute legends in that scene, but also imminence and orbit culture on there, which yeah, man. fantastic Swedish bands. How are you feeling about the Swedish scene right now? Um, I mean, we brought, Orbit culture to the States and yep. we had them in Europe and obviously Imminence as well. All these are fairly new um, bands to me. I know Imminence been around a little bit longer than Orbit culture, but you know, it's, it's, I think it's great. There's upcoming bands and, and so much music to explore, but it's different. Or I would say it's difficult. I should say to be, it's easy to, bring your music out there but it's so difficult to be heard because there's so much and people's attention span are so short you know you go in and listen to 30 seconds from someone and then you're like ah, oh, i don't like this but 
dude, give it time, man. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm glad I, I grew up uh, <laughs> at the time I did where it actually took a while. Now you don't change, you listen at least to have like one side of the album before you say something, you know, like, yeah. So, and I, music uh, developed for me, at least my musical taste developed, developed very organically. Um, and, uh, but there are t- tons of great bands, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of these bands that you mentioned. I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to the new, orbit culture whenever that hits the streets but because it's such an amazing band and i hope they will be around around for a long time and people can you know find find them and that's something i I like when we do tours or we curate our own festivals is to to you know bring something new to people yeah a new experience some i want to give back as much as you know, Slayer took us out, or you know, we, we Mudvayne took us out, or tons of other bands took us out back in the day. You know, like it's we were introduced to another a whole new audience. Um, so that's cool. I mean, we had fucking had Gojira, Ghost, and you you know what they are today. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I I I I love music. I mean, I'm a I'm a music fan, so I love I listen to a lot of stuff, and whenever I have the chance, I I. Um, I want to bring new acts that I, I like and that, that I enjoy too because I want to have something that boosts me when I'm supposed to go on stage. I want to listen to other bands and be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Now let's do it, you know? Yeah, and it's, it, you know, the, the Orbit Culture, I mean, people that listen to this podcast and know this channel know, like, I love Orbit Culture. I actually, this was not planned. I'm actually wearing their t-shirt right now. I just threw it on before we started. <laughs> but uh, um, like, yeah. Every day, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, my favorite thing is uh, when people realize that metalheads aren't as shitty as they stereotype them as. Like <laughs> people, people look at metalheads like we're like just these angry, you know, asshole people. I uh, when the Orbit Culture guys were on tour over here, um, yeah. they had it was before the tour with you guys. Um, they had a show out in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is like three hours from here. I went out to the show. And then uh, a couple days later, they had a day off in Nashville. And oh, I was right. like, it's like, and I know how it is on tour. Obviously, that's what I do for a living as well. And I was like, if you guys have time, why don't you stop by the house? You guys can do laundry. You guys can shower. I'll, I'll cook out and feed you guys. And my wife and I had just moved into this house. We've only lived here for like four months now. And uh, they came over. And it was so funny because we were all on my back porch and I was grilling out, you know, burgers and food for everybody. And my neighbors came outside and I see my neighbors just like, <laughs> like <laughs> silently judging. They're just like, who are all these tattooed guys? But, um, you know, my wife knows better at this point because I've been in a metal for a long time. Like, you know, she gets it. But she was like, after they left, she goes, I, they were the nicest people I think we've like ever had over here. And I'm like. Yeah. yeah, and they're just yeah the nicest, the nicest, like the so many awesome people through this music. You yeah, know, that looks pretty tough in videos or on stage or whatever. And off stage, they are like super cool and calm yeah. and like to laugh and joke around and whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's and it's a, it's a good, good. You know, like because I media here in Sweden, they uh, put a lot of. Uh, when there's like festivals and especially like mixed festivals or whatever pop festivals and uh this fight broke out and 
they had, uh, arrested so many people for drugs, blah, 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 and whatever. Like, um, and then we have our festivals, uh, festival last year, and it's like 6,000 people. All the booze is gone. All the beers are gone. Everything is sold out. Like, no one arrested. No one got thrown in fucking, you know, jail or whatever. And, and it's, it's like the nicest atmosphere you can think of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but of of course, media don't write about that stuff. They always want to write about negative shit. But yeah. it's it's just like, yeah, the people I know in in bands are amazing. Yeah, Most- it's it, it's funny how different genres get stereotyped too. Because as yeah. you're saying, like you know, I, I feel like the media intentionally wants to make rock and metal look like we're the aggressive ones, but. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the techs and a lot of the musicians for a lot of country artists in Nashville now are like metal dudes. Like most of the people I toured with over the last few years were all guys that worked for metal bands and the warp tour scene. And you never hear about it in the media. They never report about this, but I have never seen more aggression and fights and drunken, crazy shit than I've ever seen anywhere else. But country country shows (laughs) Country shows are the craziest, most belligerent crowds I've ever seen, but nobody yeah. ever talks about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, it's, in, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so I always find it funny that everybody looks at the metalheads like we're we're the aggressive ones that like to fight. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I need to get more country shows to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because a lot of these country artists – yeah. Our metalheads like yeah. it, it, it's kind of a mind fuck for me because I'm like, um, you know, the first time when I started working for the guy I was working for my first show ever, like I, I walked in in the middle of a tour. I uh, we no production rehearsals, no nothing. They had fired their old guitar tech. Wow. And the first day we started soundcheck, our drummer sits down on his kit and starts playing the amazingly recognizable kick pattern for bleed by oh. sugar. And I'm just like, yeah. wait, what? And then one of the guitarists I tech for comes on stage and he's like, Hey man, can you hand me my Explorer? I was like, yeah. yeah. And then he started playing it with them. So these two guys <laughs> that are playing for a, like a bro country pop country artist, they're yeah. sound checking bleed. And I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's kind of amazing to see, man. Yeah. But, yeah. um, oh. But yeah, your 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 guys's festival, man. That's that's a bucket list for me to get over there for that because the lineups on it were insane. Like I saw you guys had Lorna Shore was out there for a day on that too. Like you know, it wasn't just Swedish bands, but the, no, the- it was uh, Orbit Cult. Actually, my first time we got to hang out and meet the Orbit Culture. This was prior to our tour together. I mean, obviously, I knew that was going to happen, but so it was awesome to see them and then Lorna and then Tesseract as well. Yeah, and this year all of them amazing bands and and this time i i mean i will announce it fairly soon but it's all my choices you know i I pick all the bands and you know they they don't end up there because someone tells us to it's it's Mm -hmm. has to go through me and i say i want this band or not so oh that's cool it's like my favorite mixtape of the day (laughs) yeah that's awesome and and the, the the i remember seeing videos and pictures man the backdrop of that venue like that is just like an old quarry. Like, how did you guys settle on that? That's amazing. So it's been, it's. I mean, I've been doing shows there, I think, late 90s or early 2000s sometimes. Oh, so wow. Like, okay. Um, on it, I think it's like from, I might be wrong. It might, it might be workers 
in the quarry or at the quarry that played towards the end. Um, they, I mean, they played some music and then they found out the acoustic was really cool and sounded amazing. So then that turned into this concert, this arena. And it's I, I only saw it on pictures prior to this year, but it's a place I wanted to play. Um, and when we decided to take, because uh, we've been, our festival been in a place called Boriholm, which is an island uh, outside of um, uh, of Sweden. Uh, and uh, I was like, I want to take it on the road. I want to take it somewhere. And this was one of the places. And it was by, f- the experience was like, it's one thing to look it at on paper or see it pictures, but being there and the acoustic and the environment and everything. And you, the people, it's like a wall of people in front of you because it's fairly steep. And then you have all this scenery behind you. And we did a lot of pyros and stuff, obviously, that I didn't see when we played. I, <laughs> yeah. I saw it and it, it was like someone showed me after. I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, that, that's amazing. I wish I could be in the audience for this one. But um, no, that was very, very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to next year. Next year we do, or this year we do it two nights. So it's going to be awesome. Nice. Are you? Did you? Do you often watch your shows? Like, are you one of those people that goes online and watches footage of everything afterwards? No, 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 no. no. But it was this was quite immediate, and people showed me on the cameras. And, yeah. And I'm happy I saw it. And you know, I, 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 I try to not watch or read or see. Obviously, I the stuff I see and hear some once in a while, of course, you know, and. Uh, after the pandemic uh, um, and we played our first few shows and the first few festivals, I I, I just, I want to see and check what people were thinking yeah. and this lineup and everything, but no, uh, I don't really check that much, but I'm yeah. aware. I'm aware. People want to tell me all the time. <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah. What people say like, and I have to comment and I'll be like, yeah, okay. I know I'm, I'm, I'm aware of this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such an interesting dynamic of, of, of artists, man. Cause like I've, I have worked for some artists that like immediately when their show ends, they leave yeah. the stage, they get on their bus and they're just scrolling through hashtags on Instagram, looking at every single thing that was posted and said and all that stuff. And there's, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Uh, but it's just interesting that like some people are so into that, but I also think that's where we're at it, with the sign of the times and technology. It's like, you know, you can go on Instagram and you can see like artists. Sometimes it gets out of hand. I see artists on Instagram comments, like arguing with fans. Like when somebody's like, I don't like their music and then they have to jump in and argue. And then you have, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of gets, kind of gets old and it kind of ruins the like, you know, I, I grew up in an era of music where it was like, you didn't have immediate access. It's like the artists that you like were kind of a mystery. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. It's, but nowadays it's completely changed. It's like you have yeah. instant access to everything. Yeah. And I, and it's not, I mean, it's cool that then everybody's invited in this in a way, but there's no mystery left. And mm-hmm. also I think we, uh, yeah, I, I remember me reading magazines um, and I saw like, um, stories about Iron Maiden or Motley Crue or whatever, like Judas Priest, and uh, these guys were gods. They was like so f- beyond everything, and it, it it was cool to disappear into that world, you know. Yeah. Um. But but like what you said about commenting what other people say about your music. I mean, there have been times like you know, back in the day where you're you take things way too personal. 
but mm-hmm. you, you realize like you can't do that and i can't convince people to if you don't understand what i'm doing i can't go home to you and knock on your door and explain to you why you should like this <laughs> you know it's just yeah. it's it's it, it doesn't work like that and it, it's and again it's so it's so personal it's mm-hmm. so so personal that's, um that's why i i get bummed like I actually, the only time I get mad about people is when somebody listens to something and they, they don't like it. And then they're just like, this sucks. And I'm like, you can't just say this sucks. If objectively, if you'd or subjectively, if you don't like it, that's one thing. Yeah. You can't just dismiss anything you don't like and just say it sucks. And it doesn't make you right. Cause there's a lot of other people that are genuinely going to enjoy this music. That drives me yeah. nuts. No, no. I mean, all bands, most bands work really hard and do what they do. And just to dismiss it and say it sucks, it's it's like, yeah, well, but at the same time, again, it's like, if you don't, then you you, you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's that's fine. I, so if I, you know, when, because obviously, like I hear, you know, people, oh, I saw you on YouTube and it was, that show wasn't that, the sound wasn't that great. I was literally like, dude, you're in front of your fucking computer or you know, like <laughs> yeah. the sound is coming in a dip it's not it's meant for the people who are there you know like um and i would never lock up people's phones but once in a while when we play i tell people just just you know you paid money to be in a live situation you paid money to be here yeah. don't look at your phone don't be in the front row and look on your phone dude it's like but it, that's just a recommendation if you want to yeah. do it then, then do it but it's like just enjoy the moment you know like we're so attached to our screens and the phones and and, yeah. and like um so that that's some sometimes be like a little bit annoyed when people don't understand your intentions like and and then but again if you don't like it, you don't like it it's nothing you can do and yeah. it's fine people are entitled to their their opinion you know the, in a way the, the phone thing is wild because i i understand that people like not only do they want to capture memories, but they want to be the one to like share something on social media. Again, all this goes back to social media, but um, you know, I went and saw Lorna Shore when they headlined in Nashville recently. And uh, I was, I was on the balcony and I looked down at the floor when Lorna Shore's intro was rolling. I'm not exaggerating. Every single person on the floor phones up. Half of them had their flashlights on, which kind of ruins everything too. And I was just like, wow, man, like, Years and years ago, it was 10 years ago or maybe even longer. Um, I was I was touring with Pat Benatar and her husband, her guitar player, hates phones out, but it drives him nuts when pe- people have their flashes on. He goes, I don't care if people in the front row are filming or whatever, but when their flash is on the whole time and it's distracting us. And yeah. I, remember, I remember at one show, he said something on the mic and was like, hey, guys, you know, just put your phones away. Just enjoy it or whatever. And. You know, if you're going to film, keep your flash off. And he was so, there was one person in the crowd that just nonstop, like the whole show flash on filming while, while he was playing a guitar solo, this blew my mind. (laughs) He walked up to the front row and kicked this phone out of the person's hand. And I was just like, oh man, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's kind of a line there. I mean, I don't know if you can really do that, but (laughs) I mean, to me, at least it's too much, but, uh, you know, there's emotions flying, of course, yeah. but I can only give recommendations. And if you want to film and yeah, fucking do it, you paid paid money to be there. Yeah. If this is one you want to bring, it will never be. I mean, the mo- it, it's live. It's right there and then. It, and, and it will never, you know, back home in front of your computer, watching your phone or whatever. 
it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So. I mean, I, the first time I ever saw you guys, it was, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was at the Metro in Chicago and you guys were touring with iced earth. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like, and it was funny because a, a group of my friends from college all went to the show together. We would take the train into the city and, yeah. uh, you know, it was half of us were, were big in flames fans. And then the other half were like more iced earth fans. So it was kind of a cool show for all of us friends to hang out and, and have those different worlds. But back then iPhones didn't exist. I mean, there was there like we were we were just in the middle of the pit the whole time. Nobody was worried yeah. about their phones or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. I mean, it, it is what it is right now. And 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 again, I would I will not lock people's phone up, but it, you know, sometimes just put it in your back pocket and enjoy the moment and and go into the circle pit. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm a little remember those moments instead. Oh, dude, I, I have some of my favorite memories of live shows when I was a teenager are just pits. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it, the, it's what we lived for. Yeah. And you might make new friends as well. You will not make new friends while watching your screen by yourself. You yeah. like go in it and there might be friendships that will last forever through yeah. music. Well, you know, music bond us together. So. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite shows I've ever been to in my life, and it was because I literally made friends, like you said, in a pit. Um, group of friends of mine went and saw it was uh, Kill Switch Engage, Dragon Force, Chimera. And I think he is legend. It was at the House of Blues on Easter. Amazing. And, oh, it was so good. And we we let, we got there right when he is legend started and we got in the pit and we didn't move. And the thing I love about pits, especially old school back in the day is like throughout that show, you start to get to know people. You start yeah. to get to vibe people from how they act in the pit. And by the end, you're all hugging and high fiving. And it's like, yeah, God, those were such good times, man. And it's like, I'm, I'm a little old for the pit now. I'll probably get my ass kicked and get beat up. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. those were, those were the days, man. <laughs> On, on stage, I'll be screaming and telling everybody to get in the pit and fucking do this or that. But if I go to the show, I will be in the back drinking a beer and just enjoy. <laughs> yes. so, you know, uh, yeah, don't tell it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me, dude. It's like I went. Um, hey, uh, when Sabaton was just in town, I, I went and saw them. And that was me, dude. It was like, I, I went, I went on the balcony and I just stayed there in the back and watched the whole show. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm out of the way of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but man, um, I want to wrap this up here because you, I know how this goes. You've had a full day of media and it's just been crazy because the album comes out, um, a week from, uh, about now. But for those of you listening to the podcast, the brand new in flames album foregone is out now. Um, for anybody that's watching this on YouTube, I'll have links and everything in the description, but, uh, Anders, before I, before I let you go, I, I like to ask one question to all the artists that are on here. Um, in your opinion, as somebody that's actually in the band, what is the best way that your fans old or new could help support you guys right now with the new album? Um, <laughs> listen, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take your take your time listen to it you know like it's created uh, like the dynamic i mean so we don't write 40 songs and and pick the best and then uh best 12 and what leave the rest to someone else uh or something else we write an album from the beginning to end when we we're, we're done with it with everything and feel it's complete then we 
give it to the mixer in this case joe and then and that's it and i want people to listen f- from the beginning to the end and maybe one more time and then they can decide if they like it or not but you know coming out to the shows and and meeting us and having a good time and i want to be uh if i can because we're not a political band or anything i just want to be an escape for someone or like like for, it's so hectic there's so much going on in the world that we need this little break in our mm-hmm. brains to be able to focus on tomorrow so I, I i would like to be that band that give you a little break well that's that's awesome and at least i can't speak for anybody else but for me personally i mean that's what you guys have been to me my entire you know teenage life until now so thank you for that that's that's great to hear and then that's something people have to understand or hopefully understands too how much how rewarding it is for us it's not it's we don't take this for granted and and i'm i'm truly grateful that we can do what we do and what we love and travel the world and meet all these cool people and we can have a discussion about music hell yeah well foregone is out now on uh nuclear blast records anders thank you so much for your time man i really really appreciate this thank you for having me and having us yeah yeah for sure man well you have a good one and uh can't wait to actually sit down and listen to this record yeah let's have a beer one day (laughs) sounds good man take care yeah cool take care bye well that's gonna just about wrap us up for episode 21 of the back lounge podcast Thank you so very much to today's special guest, Inflames vocalist Anders Fredian. You know, one of the things that's funny that, you know, we didn't really bring up in the podcast, but a lot of these bands and myself have way different time zones. So, you know, as it was about 5 p.m. for him, he's getting ready to have dinner. Uh, it was 9 a.m. for me and my daughter slept in. So right when I finished this, uh, finished this podcast uh, with him, went downstairs, cooked breakfast for my daughter and all that stuff. So these are always fun, man. And, uh, what a, what a talkative dude. Like sometimes when I do have, uh, Swedes or Finns or, you know, the, the stereotypical quiet Scandinavian people on here, I don't know how much I'm going to have to talk and drive the conversation, but this was great because I could just ask a question and he could talk and a lot of really cool stuff, man. I loved talking with him about, the recording process and switching producers and how the new band members came in. But it was also cool just, you know, reminiscing with him about, you know, going to concerts and, you know, growing up with music and stuff like that. This was just super cool, man. I mean, as I said, sometimes I get nervous going into these. And at this point, I don't know why, you know, our guests are just people too. And within a couple minutes of this, everything starts going good. And I realize I had no reason to be nervous anyways, but This was super fun, man. I love doing this. And just as a reminder to anybody that's listening, the brand new In Flames album, Foregone, is out now from Nuclear Blast Records. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll have links in the description of the video where you can go, um, you know, stream the album, purchase it, do whatever you'd like. They also have a lot of merchandise for this album, too. Uh, But if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, all that stuff, um, dude, Inflames is all over social media. You can find all of their stuff. It's very easy to find their stores and their music. And yeah, that's just a good reminder that you can watch or listen to this podcast pretty much wherever you prefer to. But that's going to be about it for me, man. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a break uh, in podcasts for a minute. Because in a couple weeks, I'm getting ready to go back out on tour. I'll be guitar teching for Powerwolf on their U.S. tour dates that they're doing. 
So content might be a little uh, lagged for a minute in between then, or eh, who knows, maybe I can convince one of them to do a podcast while we're out on the road, but then I'd have to bring a bunch of this stuff with me and I don't know if I want to do that, but as always, I appreciate all of you guys taking the time to listen. Hopefully you guys are enjoying these as much as I am, but until next time, my name's Tank. Thank you again. Wherever you are in the world, be safe, be kind to each other. And I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Back Lounge Podcast.